culture, you know what I'm saying? Leave your girl around me, true player for real. Ask my nigga for real. Uh. For the Culture Podcast, episode 110. I'm gonna have a guest on later in the show, you know what I'm saying? It's the best month of the year. My birthday in two days, we lit.
It's been an Usher week. Welcome back. It's episode 110. Like I said, I will have a guest a little bit later. I have the clip already ready, you know what I'm saying? But we're going to start with these anniversaries since it's been a couple of weeks. Solange turned 34 on June 24th. Prince released Purple Rain on June 25th, 1985. We sadly lost Michael Jackson on the 25th in 2009. Her turned 25 on June 27th. Chris Brown released Indigo, his album, on the 28th in 2019. Dom Kennedy released his classic album, From the West Side with Love 2, on the 28th in 2011. And on the same day, Drake released Marvin's Room as a single. On the 28th in 2000, Lil' Kim released Notorious Kim, her album, her second album. And on the same day in 2000, Nelly released his classic debut, Country Grammar, which went diamond. Drake also released his Scorpion album on the 29th in 2018. Fantasia turned 38 on the 30th. Jay-Z released his classic album, 444, on the 30th in 2017. Mike Tyson turned 56 on the 30th and to get into July. Chloe Bailey turned 24 on the 1st. And Diddy released his classic debut album, No Way Out on the 1st in 1997. Missy Elliott turned 51 on the 1st. Ashanti released her sophomore album, Chapter 2, on the 1st in 2003. Kendrick Lamar released Section 80 on the 2nd in 2011. Sweetie and Vin Staples both turned 29 on the 2nd. Nas released It Was Written, his second album, on the 2nd in 2000, not 2000, in 1996. Burna Boy turned 31 on the 2nd. Sway turned 51 on the 3rd. D'Angelo released his debut album, Brown Sugar, on the 3rd in 1995. Jay-Z released Magna Carta Holy Grail on the 4th in 2013. And Mac Dre would have turned 53 on the 5th. Missy Elliott released her album, The Cookbook, on the 5th in 2005. RZA turned 52 on the 5th. Kevin Hart turned 43 on the 6th. 50 Cent turned 47 on the 6th. And Tia, Tamara, Tia and Tamara turned 44 on the 6th. Aaliyah's self-titled debut, The Red Album, that classic uh, was released today on the 7th of 2001, and another release date that I see for it is the 16th. I'm not sure. I think it's international release and U.S. release, and I don't know which is which. I haven't looked into it too much. And also, 7th Street returned 36 today. Now, that's your anniversaries. But to get into other things, um, the summer playlists are coming next week, and I'll update them at the end of the month when Beyonce drops. Um, let's see, let's see, oh, in quick news, Big Sean and Janae Aiko are expecting their first child, so congratulations. We got a new Drake album, he surprise dropped it, people are hating on it, and I speak on it a little bit later with Cisco. Came out nine months after Certified Lover Boy, based on the cover, very interesting and cool to see. I have a review coming out for that this month, so y'all go ahead and look out. Um, if you want to get updates on what I'm releasing and when I'm releasing it, Go to the website, ml3fortheculture.com, click on digital media, scroll down, and then you can subscribe, and you'll be a subscriber, and you'll get the newsletter that I send out. So, yeah. Also, Joey Badass's new album, 2000. I mentioned on the last episode it was supposed to come out the same day that Drake surprise dropped an album. However, it didn't, and it was pushed back, and it is coming now on July 22nd. The new single came out tonight. It's called Survivor's Guilt, and I'll be talking about it next week on next episode. So, yeah. Also, and Beyonce knew she is back, of course. Everybody knows Break My Soul is out. I'll be playing it later on in the episode. This is going to be her first uh, solo top 10 hit since 2016, as announced yesterday. Um, Act 1 Renaissance is coming on the 29th. I'm not sure if this means that B7 and B8 are confirmed, because B7 is Act 1, obviously. But Act 1 usually implies more than one. But, yeah. 
Act 1 is 16 tracks. Merchandise had four options for items. Not sure what it is. You get a box set and a t-shirt. You don't know what it looks like. Don't know what's in the box besides a CD, I assume. But yeah, that's all we got. The album pre-ads were technically an info-grabbing tactic because it didn't show, um, didn't show up when you looked it up on apps, at least when I was looking it up at the time. It was only through a website, so we'll see how that goes. I'm not sure what's going on with that. It's not an issue, but it's just, you know, whatever. Um, Raphael Sadiq is a confirmed producer, so we'll see how that goes. Also, Chris' um, Chris new album, Breezy, The Deluxe, it came out tonight. I will have a full album review on that, so I'll review just the first 23 tracks. Track 24 is iffy, and then we have nine new tracks. So, yeah, 33 total on the deluxe. Um, let's see. Also, Nicki Minaj is headlining Rolling Loud New York in September. She was just at Essence Fest, but Hulu didn't play it. Weird. Um, she'll be the first female rapper to headline Rolling Loud New York, or Rolling Loud in general, I believe, solo. So, yeah. That is what it's looking like over the next couple of months, as far as I know right now. Um, let's see. Abbott Elementary Season 2 is premiering in September on the 21st in the primetime slot where Modern Family used to be. I hope and pray that the actors got a primetime salary per episode based on them getting bumped up. We shall see how that goes. In Warriors Free Agency, we lost OPJ to the Raptors, GP2 to the Blazers, sadly. But we did re-sign Kevon Looney. And today, the Raiders hired Sandra Douglas Morgan as team president, and she is the first black woman in that position in NFL history. So shout out to the Raiders. Continue to move shit forward is what we do. And shout out to Sandra Morgan and, you know, do your thing. She has a great history of business and all that based on the interview thing I watched earlier. And I will play a clip from her in just a second. Let me make sure that it'll play without any ads. And yeah, here we go. Here's Sandra. Thank you, Mark, for such a warm um, introduction. It's my honor to be here today as the newest member of the Raiders family. As I shared with the team earlier today, I was raised in Las Vegas and have truly witnessed this city ascend to one of the sports capitals of the world, um, visited by millions across the globe. And it is an honor of a lifetime to serve as the president of this organization. The Raiders, or the Raiders organization has actually brought $2.29 billion in economic impact of visitors for events in, in Allegiant Stadium. And the estimated impact of the Super Bowl in 2024 is estimated to be in the billions as well. We have so much more to do, and I'm excited to be at the helm of that growth and look forward to ushering in the new chapter for the Raiders. Thank you, Mark, for your faith in me to lead this organization in this very important moment. I'm very grateful that my dearest, dearest friends and family, my parents, husband, children, and nephews could be here today. Um, your support means the world to me, and I do not take it for granted. So yeah, shout out to Sandra. The Raiders continue to be pioneers in everything. We had Amy Trask as CEO um, two decades ago, I believe. Al Davis hired the first female CEO. I'm not even sure if there's been one since. And now we have Sandra as our first black female president, so... She's going to handle the business side, and we're going to see how that go. Um, let's see if there's any more super quick topics before I get into it with Cisco. I believe that's everything because I plan on covering a lot with uh, my next few article releases. I have an article coming out first before the album reviews. It's called The Culture Five Years, where I explain my love for music and my background in how music helped shape me. 
since the brand turned five years this year, I turned 25 on the 9th, and I was going to release that, and yeah, we're going to see how that go. I hope y'all enjoy it, and next, y'all will hear me and Cisco speak on things, and I'll play some music. All right. Peace and love, and enjoy the next song, and then you can enjoy me and Cisco. Everybody, you won't break my 
my boy Cisco is here, and here he is. What's good, y'all? How you doing, bro? Doing good, doing good. Just another day, but it's a good day always. That's what's up. So, you know, you're one of the shoe people I fuck with, fashion, you know. So what's your take on how fashion's been looking the last, what, two years, I guess, since the pandemic started? I mean, shoe-wise, I just, I do appreciate how color is kind of coming back and not just, like, minimal pops of color or whatever, but I feel like low-key colors just been making a splash in terms of like shoes are more maximalist like you have the ben and jerry's dunks Mm -hmm. you have you have multiple dunk collabs that are kind of going that route too even travis scott with the british khakis and the just the emergence of the of the color brown in general Mm -hmm. brown's been like a nice little earth tone that's also been just i don't know it's it picked up a lot of stride and People started dressing down browns with creams, browns with like even oranges, pinks, you know, soft colors, bright colors here and there. But yeah, um, colors has been, it's been good. It's fashion wise, it's been pretty good. Like with clothes too, um, you know, people are starting to dress down patterns again, slowly mm-hmm. starting to coordinate more, you know, like even I feel like the track suits are going to come back too, like the 90s, like, you know, do the full track suit with the nice white pair of shoes. Um, all that courtesy of, um, like, there's this brand that goes by Die Fresh um, right there on Instagram who's been, they've been slowly putting out, like, all this vintage, upscale 90s, you know, like, attire from the East Coast, mm-hmm. such as, like, jackets, like Jordan jackets, Dior, like, track suits, um, whether they're velvet silk you know dress stuff too they've they've been like my source recently for just for like styling inspiration and just looking at the colors of what's going on and yeah man just kind of getting more colorful with the outfits a little bit okay okay i feel like 90s outfits for me anyway like that's never gone out of style but um i have been seeing a lot more people with the track suits the full sweatsuits and stuff like that people are definitely starting to sell those more and I'm with it because I got shoes that match all those, so. (laughs) Yeah, like, and one thing I actually do appreciate, and this is something I want to see from Nike and from Jordan Brand, too. I would actually appreciate and like if they actually started reverting to building, um, kind of how they would do with the Aquas and with some of the earlier Jordans, more so, like, you know, build tracksuits and build, you know, attire more based on the shoe and mm-hmm. bring out like some of the colors, like some of the little pops of colors more like so you can wear the shoe with it. Oh, I remember like, like I said, when the t-shirts would come out like, with the shoes. Yeah, like, yeah, kind of like how they would, they would make like the aqua jackets, like for the aquas, like mm-hmm. make the whole tracksuit for the aquas. Like the aqua is probably the best, like the prime example of a, of like a sneaker that has, you know, you can tailor multiple like suits and multiple accessories like around that shoe. And, you know, it just, I feel like it'll also brand the shoe a little better too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I feel like track suits to go with shoes is always clean. Cause I'm like, as an athlete, when I would go to meets, I didn't have something I could just rock like that. So if I was back when I was running more often like that. If I had like a whole fit I could have before I changed into my track suits or my actual track fit, um, it would be clean because 
taking all that off to put on the spandex is, is one thing if you clean as hell and it's another if you just got a bunch of random sweats on so yeah be more uniform i guess i could say yeah something like a little bo- like a little more uniform but also you know it tracksuits with shoes like it, it is a timeless look it's something that's mm-hmm. more it's time like i said it's timeless it's something that people are gonna constantly come back to and say you know like it, it is a nice look it's like you said very uniform very strict very down to the like down to the point down to the aesthetics it's consistent there's nothing wrong with two pieces or or anything like that in general i mm-hmm. like them i'm all for it yeah what do you think about sneaker culture as a whole right now, though? Because I know in the last two years, obviously, the sneaker bubble kind of just popped this last week or so as far as prices finally dro- dropping down because everybody held its extra money and then resale got out of hand. And what do you think about how that's been? So as far as resale culture, I mean, I feel like right now it's like you said, like the prices are slowly dropping also because of, you know, I feel like inflation, like with the economy, also has has a lot to do with with how sneakers are also kind of like like how sneaker resellers are dropping some of these prices because mm-hmm, they can't afford to get the shoes anyway. Continue. I said they can't afford to get the shoes anyway. As a lot of shoes are sitting now. Yeah, and for example, um, so a couple weeks back, I had hit on a pair of shoes for my friend. Mm-hmm. I hit on a size nine and typically size nines or nine and a halves are like the most in demand, the mm-hmm. most common, easily some of the most pricier, you know, shoes in the shoe ranges for like, for like the sizing or whatever. Mm-hmm. But so, yeah, I hit on a pair of infrared fours. Mm-hmm. Turns out like, so he hit on his pair. Like he, I told him, I was like, yo, like I hit for you. And then he hit me up saying, oh, like I hit two. And I was like, oh, okay. So like I have a sneaker to resell like at this point. Now keep in mind, I've I've never really resold sneakers. Like I've sold sneakers to get rid of them. I did that last year with like Jordan one with some Jordan ones that I didn't have, but I've never like actually resold a sneaker for profit. So yeah. I was kind of like, you know, let me do my research a little bit. And sure enough, my findings were just like, like I saw my price ranges and what I was expecting to get for the price. I mean, I got a cool. I got like what three, like two seventy out of the shoes mm-hmm. above retail. So I made, I made like sixty, seventy bucks profit. You know, above like selling it above retail or whatever. But I was kind of in shock and I was kind of surprised to see how fast they dropped. Like in terms of pricing and everything. Like once you get them in hand, mm-hmm. once the sne- once the sneaker gets out. But as far as the culture, we're probably we're it'll be like a little era where people kind of have more access to shoes. Now people will have more, they'll have more buying power as far as the resale game. I'm not exactly sure. It'll pick back up realistically right now. It's just going to be kind of like a little nice time, which is perfect actually, because it's like summer. So I feel like that'll help like, you know, people like essentially like, you know, their fits more like with their shoes or whatever, just Mm -hmm. cause like the access will be a lot easier and the culture will be the culture will probably be chilling for like a little bit before you know prices still shoot back up because there still is some shoes that are like general releases or whatever that are still still kind of up there. I yeah, I feel like as far as Jordan ones and Jordan fours, like the University Blue colorways and stuff like that, those are going to be higher just in general. It'll take longer for those to drop. I'm happy that prices are dropping though because I'm like, this is when I'm starting to get my collection up and starting to buy more shoes. So I'm like, okay. This is a perfect opportunity for me to like spend way less money 
buying shoes and then whenever it pops back up oh, i have a bunch of profits sitting in my collection if i do need to get rid of it you know what i mean so i'm in a good place because i haven't bought a lot that is something i want to resell anyway like i buy shoes to wear them so i think of it as what my stuff is worth is always only if i have to sell it you know what i mean yeah it makes perfect sense and like this is like very unrelated to like to the sneaker resale topic or i mean in some ways it could be but mm -hmm. like as of lately like i've been like i have been buying sneakers but obviously like not as much i've just been kind of like i guess you could say it's like a little like fyi for like anyone looking for like like grails and when i say grails i'm talking about like old school shoes kind of like the original like colorways yeah, like the 94s um, and 85s and shit like that yeah like like for example i before i got the like the fucking off-whites that i had in today i mm -hmm. bought some i found some flu games on depop um for like 170 no oh, wow. box but condition was like a solid nine out of ten mm -hmm. no mine like very very minimal creasing the like the carbon like on the bottom like it was good i was looking at the specs and like the leather was good it didn't look you know it didn't look like too bad i checked out the sneaker and like you know i i got them because i was like you know why not i've been looking for this sneaker for a while mm -hmm. but i feel like in the like like you said like in a world where like resale culture is such a norm i feel like looking for like right now looking for sneakers like even even if you want like a just a general release you could probably find them cheaper like on ebay mercari um mm -hmm. even offer up like little like local selling sites um those would definitely work a lot like in within your favor like if you're not trying to spend too much on a sneaker because mm -hmm. you know like like we said it ourselves you know like the sneaker games changed even before the last dance, sneakers were already fucking expensive. Yeah, I hated it because I'm like, if I missed, I'm like, damn, well, that's $400 now. You know what I mean? Like, I, it comes out for 170 but I know I'm spending $300, $400 as soon as it drops. And I don't get it, so. It was ridiculous. Yeah, because, not continue? No, I'm saying it's just ridiculous. Go ahead. Yeah, because, I mean, I, even then, I feel like, even before the last dance, because, like, the last dance skyrocketed, like, the fuck out of sneaker culture like even mm -hmm. general releases were becoming there were some of some of them would become close to like 300s 400s for mm -hmm. example i remember when the what shoe was it i think it was the biohacks because i had the biohacks for a little bit the biohack jordan one it was mm -hmm. like the all colorful jordan one or whatever but i had them um, i remember when i bought them i could probably go on my stock x history account right now and i could tell you that i got them for like over 270 easily mm -hmm. and that's not including shipping and you know the handling and yeah. you know the, the the little min the middleman fee that StockX has yeah StockX will tax you you'll get a shoe for 250 but you fuck around it's been 320 and then speaking of StockX um they've been in the they've been in the dirt lately as far as the headlines i mean yeah, they got caught up wrong, I, I haven't bought anything from them outside of like regular nikes i haven't bought no jordans from them so I'm like I'm safe because I haven't bought anything that's been in the headlines, but yeah, it's been it's been looking pretty bad. Yeah, like the last year I bought, I can't even lie to you, I bought my Desert Moss fours last year, uh -huh. and they like I wanted them like a little bit before they dropped, so I got them like a week early, and I did spend a hell of money on them. Mm -hmm. But that was the last time I, I honestly pulled the trigger like from StockX in particular, 
And now it's just like, they're actually like this year we've been barely getting like all these headlines saying that like, you know, obviously like StockX like does sell fakes. And actually last night I ran into a, a post on IG. This mm-hmm. was, I don't remember the sneaker, like the reseller's name or whatever, the account, but it did say that like it was comparing a lot of go like the authentication processes like to mm-hmm. go. And from what I remember, that post said that I guess like only 46 or 47 percent of like of like the StockX, you know, like of the pairs that get authenticated through StockX, only a solid 46 of 46 percent of them like they that's what turns out like non-authentic, you know? Damn, that's almost like half. That, that's a big percentage yeah. for StockX. Yeah. That's a disgusting ratio, bro. Like, yeah, that I don't means like you have a 50-50 chance of getting a real shoe. That's ridiculous. Yeah, and, you know, coming from, like, StockX, like, they're the... They kind of put themselves in the position where they're... Because, I mean, GOAT's still there, but even then, like, StockX is still the face of the franchise when it comes to sneaker culture, like, mm-hmm. reselling... Not even that. Like I know they've been gearing towards video games and gearing more towards other products as well. Yeah, I like, I was looking at Supreme Tees, but now I'm like, but they sell fake shoes. How are they gonna authenticate a shirt? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Exactly, it's kind of like I've been getting all my shoes off like, Goat because I trust them more, and eBay. No, yeah, eBay for sure. Like eBay, eBay don't play. I, I bought some shoes and they like they like sent them back to the seller multiple times. I was like, damn, okay, well I know that they're doing their thing. So, yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, like, the recent, yeah, I mean, as far as StockX, I mean, even then, like, they, like, yeah, they realistically, like, do they need to get their shit together? Like, as far as for the rep, yeah, they should. Mm -hmm. But realistically, they'll probably tone it down. They'll probably drop that 46% to, like, a good, maybe, like, a good 30-something or maybe, like, late 20s. Either way, Mm -hmm. that's still going to be, like, a big percentage of fakes coming through because, I mean... Like, my thing, and then, okay, so here's going to be my thing with fakes. Like, I mean, if you, you know, wear them, wear them, like, if, you know, if you buy fakes, wear them, be proud of them, you know, like, that's your money, that's your, you know, like I said, like we said, like, sneakers are expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, my, my problem will just kind of come when, like, you try to pass off a fucking, like, you can't try to pass off, like, an Off-White 5 or a Travis Scott 1, like, and obviously sell it as fake, because, I mean, that's that's going to be scary, you know? It's just, like, a, it's the integrity behind it. Yeah. My thing with fakes is I'm not going to spend retail on a fake shoe, because that's how yeah, much they exactly. go for it. I'm like, I'm not spending that much money on a fake shoe. I'm not spending money on a fake shoe at all. If I can't afford it when it come out or if I can't afford the resale, I'm just not going to get it, because I'm not going to buy a fake one. And try to, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not doing it. I just can't do it. I've loved yeah, shoes like, since I was, like, a child, child. So I'm like, I'm not going to turn around and start buying fakes. I can't do it. If you buy fakes and wear them, that's on you. But I'm not going to do it. Just don't yeah, try like, to walk not, around. Oh, like, it's, it's so not close. more so like a... It's just like a little, like, it's it's the integrity, you know? And especially, mm-hmm. like... Like, especially, like, just, like, from from my perspective because i do love fashion a lot and i like making outfits around shoes around all of this so obviously you know shoes are going to be like the it's kind of like a tree shoes are like the root of your outfit you know Mm -hmm. you get those colors and you build your outfit around it yeah and then you know people 
and it's like we're not stupid either like people can tell you know whether you're whether you're wearing fakes and you know you're flexing them and like you're kind of passing them as like as if they're not or whatever Mm -hmm. i mean at the end of the day like i'm not gonna judge a grown man or a grown woman like for what they have on their feet you know like i said times are hard then you you know that's on you but i mean obviously us as sneaker collectors and you know sneaker appreciators and all that stuff you know yeah like we love the history behind the shoes i can't get a fake one you know yeah, because, like, then the whole history of the shoe is just invalid, invalidated yeah. at that fucking point. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I'm just, right now, I mean, sneaker, like I said, sneaker culture, it's at a solid, like, a little 7 out of 10 right now. Um, like I said, shoes are shoes will become more accessible, but, you know, just watch out for your fakes if you're, if you're going to be consuming fakes or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's pretty much all I got to say on sneaker, on sneaker culture as a whole. Okay. Okay. I feel like it was really fucked up when like the pandemic first hit because everybody had all that extra money and then like the people at Nike got caught up for reselling and it was ridiculous, but I feel like we've moved past that finally and now it's starting to get into a better place cuz people who want shoes are able to get them. So I'm glad that it's starting to be respected more and people are actually starting to, you know, enjoy it more cuz the people who are just using all their extra money to buy shit that they see on TikTok are starting to filter out. So it's looking a lot better. Yeah, like, yeah, like I guess you could say like we're just like people are just kind of yeah like they're moving forward. They're starting to like the people who want these things are starting to like get the access as mm-hmm. far as like shoes. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Jordan. Exactly. Uh, greatest basketball player of all time. Yeah, I don't know why people keep arguing that it's him, then Kobe, then we could talk about anybody else. <laughs> but, yeah, then, yeah then, then we can talk about LeBron Then we can talk about, you know, fucking Kareem and Magic too We can yeah. talk about all the other great Lakers Yeah So what you think about Steph after that fourth ring? Because I'm like, you know I've been to- like acting a fool Because I'm from the Bay And you from out here too But, you know, like you up further north So what you think? I mean, I feel like it did um, It definitely did a lot more Also, like, it did cement his legacy a lot more um the thing is like i just feel like a lot of people definitely under like they kind of underestimated a little bit more about steph because i mean no one really thought that the warriors were gonna fucking make it this season at all like it was kind of like i said it but you know people don't listen to me (laughs) no yeah i get you but i mean i'm talking like objectively like oh yeah the afpn and everybody said we weren't doing anything everyone said we were trash so yeah i saw the like I didn't real um to be realistic like this year I didn't get to watch the playoffs as much as last year mm-hmm. just because like I've just kind of been been back and forth with like you know life or whatever and then um but I did kind of notice like a lot of standouts like a lot of um like Jordan Poole did his thing like against like against the Celtics in the playoffs like mm-hmm. Andrew Wiggins had Jason fucking Jason Tatum on fucking no man's land or whatever that mm-hmm. was crazy that honestly kind of caught me off guard. See if you watch if you were able to watch the beginning of the year and see Andrew Wiggins coming to his own with the full team around him, you would have seen it coming. Obviously, he has his like his little struggle sometimes mid season, but he was all star this year, all star starter at that. So, like he was he was good all year for the most part. He just showed yeah, up like when cons- we needed him most. Yeah, like he has that con- like he had that little consistency. Like mm-hmm. I mean, like I got, like I said, I kind of saw it. Like I saw all of it throughout the. Like throughout some of the games, like throughout the playoffs, especially like the Celtics series, like mm-hmm. 
I can't lie. I'll give them their, I'll give them their little credit too. Cause I mean, they did a lot for like they're all young too. Like Jason, yeah, they did great. All. They built that team. I mean, I don't like the Celtics, but you know what I'm saying. They did what yeah, they had I'm to do. Too. I can't fucking can't be fucking around with the Celtics like that. <laughs> yeah. Gotta keep that rivalry alive. Seeing what do you think about seeing them Laker fans that were rooting for the Celtics? That shit was crazy to me. I was like, if anything, you should just be shutting the fuck up and not watching it all. If you, if it's that serious, rooting for the Celtics was crazy. Cause yeah, like that, I was mm-hmm. like I was surprised when I saw the turnaround. Like, don't get me wrong, like it's cool. Like it's one thing for you to appreciate, you know, Jason Tatum, mm-hmm. or like even a player like fucking, you know, like Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, like whatever. You know, if you're gonna, you know, follow your player, follow your player. Um, yeah. But at the same time, like, you know, you you, you can't be can't be a Lakers fan and a Celtic. Like this is just me. You can't be a Lakers and a Celtics fan. Like at the same time, like you can't. You, either, you can't. That's like you trying to be a Raider fan and a Chiefs you, fan. You, you gotta hop ship. Yeah, that's like when the Niners and the Chiefs were in the Super Bowl. I'm like, think I'm a root for the Chiefs? Fuck no! Like, <laughs> I'm a Raider fan. You gonna be fucked up? I'm never yeah, rooting like, for the damn Chiefs. Yeah, like. it's like I'm not gonna root for the Bay just because, like, you know, because yeah. my team's, you know, because I got fucking SFU represented. Like, that's not how it works. Right. That was ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, it was a it was a nice solid series too, though. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely memorable. Um, as far as what, as far as you know, like from what I've seen. Mm-hmm. Well deserved. Well deserved championship. They had their run. The Warriors, for sure. But yeah, as far as like basketball, like I just kind of want to start getting in the groove of watching it again and actually being able to keep up with it. Mm-hmm. Like right now, I'm just like I'm actually keeping up with some of these like free agency moves that are going on. Kevin Durant right lost now, his I, damn mind. Everyone's just waiting for fucking KG and Kyrie to sign. I know one thing: the Warriors aren't going to pull the trigger on that stupid ass trade I seen on Bleacher Report. That literally meant trading our entire future to get KD for another two years. I'm like, what the fuck is that? For? Like, that's dumb. That's dumb. No, yes, yeah, yeah, I saw that shit. I was like, no, they they wouldn't. We're not that stupid. Back. That's that's stupid. We just showed him. Like, honestly, as much as Draymond has pissed me off as far as his media crap lately, when he told Kevin Durant, "You a bitch, and we don't need you," we proved that 100. percent not because of no, him, yeah, like, not because of him, but because of Steph. So, I'm like, we don't need him back on our team. We got Jordan Poole, we got Kaminga, we got Moody, we just drafted Patrick. We're we going to be all right. And then James Wiseman didn't even play this year. So, we're going to be all right. Um, yeah, yeah, like, you guys have, a, you guys have a, like, a nice, like, a little sustainable future ahead of you guys, exactly. for sure. Exactly. And, I mean, that's kind of what it comes down to, too, like, Cause now you kind of start realizing. Cause I mean, actually today, I was on Twitter and I did see um, supposedly that the Timberwolves try to offer um, Anthony Towns a bunch of trade picks and a bunch of I forgot who else they try to um, send for that. Kevin Durant. Yeah. But I seen that the Nets declined. So that was crazy. The, th- the thing right now is going to be more so how much you know. How does how does you know KD like how does it hold up you know what I mean like how like at what cost are teams are gonna you know play the battle to just to fucking get Kevin Durant on the team? My thing is, based on what you just seen as a team, why would you even want to bring that in? That's my thing. Like you've seen what he did with the Warriors, you and now that you've seen the Warriors win again without him, you've seen why he won with the Warriors and why he played as good as he did with the Warriors, Kyrie. There's no like the only team I see stupid enough trying to pull a Kyrie trade is your team, sadly. 
But I can't even find Yeah. But outside of that, I'm like, why would you entertain either of these two players? They just showed you exactly who they were the last three years. And as like not even leading. just the last three years, but like Brooklyn had a huge collapse on the Celtics. Like I've never mm-hmm. I don't think anybody saw that collapse coming. Nope. But my thing is you could see it coming only because of how the leadership, the leadership that they had and the team chemistry that was going on because of their shitty leadership over the last two seasons. They literally only yeah. had one playoff series win over the last three years. So, and then playing together, they played 57 games together total in three years. That's ridiculous. And, and a that, huge waste of money. Yeah, huge waste of money. Like Kyrie Irving right. was stealing money from these niggas. Like, it don't make no sense. And then for Kevin Durant to turn around, I feel like he's either trying to pull a Kobe like when he asked for his trade when he did and then he stayed. But even with like the difference with Kobe and KD is that Kobe showed exactly who he was as far as playing and being a leader and they weren't building to help him. Kevin Durant got everything he fucking wanted and still lost and chose his running mate, decided to basically shit talk the people he played before. Same with Kyrie. It's like, oh, yeah, this is the first time I've ever been able to have somebody I can trust on the court with me, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, you've seen that. You collapsed twice. Yeah. Not just once, twice. Like, and, like, and, like, this year's collapse is kind of, like, more, I guess it showed, like you said, it showed more of, like, how flawed, you know, Brooklyn has been over the years because. Mm-hmm. Brooklyn like had a better team too, when D'Angelo like, Russell was Like, leading. leadership plays, like, a huge role besides mm-hmm. just having fucking three I mean, honestly, fuck Ben Simmons, bro. Like, we can talk about that shit later. Like, I ben forgot Simmons all about Ben top. Simmons. I wasn't even bringing him up because he didn't play for him at all. He, he just got traded. They just traded James Harden for him, so I'm just like, no. Like, at, th- like at this point, like, like Ben Simmons ain't got nothing to do. All he did was get hurt. Ben Simmons is a joke. I, I don't have He's, nothing to say about him. Honestly, yeah. I As far as that, I just have to say, like, yeah, that's a whole complete waste of... Like if anything, that's a that's a waste of money. That mm-hmm. Ben Simmons was a waste of fucking money. Yeah, that was ridiculous. But I mean, the Nets that's imploded. On him. The Nets, like the fact that we finessed the Nets technically, because I'm like everything that we got from the Nets for KD turned into our future. And then on top of that, the Nets gave us D'Angelo Russell. The Nets were better when D'Angelo Russell, Karis LeVert, and them was running the was running the um the team that that was a great team they were the sixth seed that was a strong team if they just continued they would have been solid but they traded everything to go all in on katie and Kyrie, and and have been worse since which is crazy completely backfired Mm -hmm. don't make no sense but yeah i mean it was a good it was a good little season like i said i didn't really get to enjoy this season as much as like others or whatever Mm -hmm. i didn't really get to analyze i didn't get to watch Honestly, like, that's why I, I kind of, this year also, I didn't really parlay and do, like, none of that shit as much as I... Oh, yeah, if you don't know what as, you're watching, don't bet on it. Yeah, like, as much as I would fucking do, like, the previous years or whatever. hmm But, what was I gonna say? Before, like, before I bounce, um, what'd you think of Drake's album? I feel like my first listen, I didn't look at the title of it as far as, like, okay, honestly, never mind. I didn't look at what genre it was supposed to be. So when I listened the first time, I was like, I mean, it's cool. And then I looked at it, I was like, oh, this isn't hip-hop. Obviously, the last song on the album that everybody likes is hip-hop. But when you look at it as a dance album and a house album, 
it's good. It's not bad. You know what I mean? Everybody saying it's trash and all that is crazy to me because exactly. when Beyonce dropped a house record the next week, everything changed. I'm like, don't switch up because it's Beyonce. If it's trash to you, it's trash, right? I think Beyonce's then, song wasn't bad either. So I'm not saying Beyonce was trash. I'm saying all these people saying everything was garbage. Don't try to flip it and act like Beyonce did something completely different. It's a different type of house music, but it's still house music. So Yeah. And then here's like another thing I lucky I did want to point out too. Like like every like you said, like everyone who kinda came into this album, you know, like yeah, they came with the perception the perception that it was gonna be like either a hip hop or more like a singing like R and B album. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, even based off the title and I was like and I was just kind of looking at it and like, okay, you know, and like once I started hearing like the first couple of tracks, I already got the rhythm and me as a person, I love house music and I like old school, like house music. I like, you know, Chicago house, like all like the old school, like vintage types of house, like deep house and all that kind of like, mm-hmm. even like contemporary, like, like Afro beats, um, you know, it also had like a little dance hall, like mix in there too. And my thing is, like, Drake's been doing this music for fucking years. Like, if you go back to, like, like the Take Care title track, bro, like, that's Mm -hmm. been there. And he did Feel No Ways and everybody loved it. For people to love Feel No Ways and hate this album is crazy to me because I'm like, the same shit. But. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. And then my love with, um, with Maja Jordan. It's like, Drake's Mm -hmm. been tapped into this music. Yeah, it's not anything new at all. Like, it's not new. It's not, like, like it's literally just the same shit and i feel like also that i feel like jake wanted to drop this this record like something along the lines of this record back in 2016 because i feel like that's when he was getting more with the afro vibes because he was tapped in with you know Wizkid, ram riddles he was tapped in with all these dance hall um afrobeat artists that at the time Mm-hmm. A lot of us were like, "What the fuck? Like, what is Drake singing on?" Like, when, like when I heard the Sweeterman remix, I can't front. I was, I was grooving. Oh yeah, that shit was, goes hard. I was like juvenile. I was fucking grooving, bro. Yeah. And then, so like thinking about that, like I kind of like pulled my senses together, and I was like, you know what? Maybe this album was supposed to be what we were supposed to get instead of you know like the little you know the little cringe bars that we got on views. Because mm-hmm. I feel like at the time, like I said, I feel like Drake was too tapped in with Dancehall. The thing that kind of fucked it up was like, you know, Meek Mill calling him a ghostwriter. And, you know, mm-hmm. Drake is like someone who kind of answers the call when when he has shit to say, when he has shit to prove. And I feel like that's mm-hmm. how the album kind of went down as far as views. It's a yeah. good album. Like, it, it has its tracks. And I'm people people slept on views and hated like, it when it came out. And then now they love it. So Exactly. And I feel like this this Drake album will be no different. You know, everyone's gonna talk shit about it now, but mm-hmm. they'll still go back. To, they'll still go back and kind of like, you know, two three years from now, and they'll be like, oh, you know, this song's not bad. Oh, let me add this shit to the playlist. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, you're gonna have all fucking fourteen tracks on different playlists. Yep. And as far as honestly, never mind. I I liked it. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Yeah, it was a good album. Definitely a good album. She was on fire. As far as, but how do you feel about Drake's run? You know, after views. You know, like more live, dark lane tapes. This album. Um. Cob. 
I feel like, well, CLB, I didn't have any issue with at all. And everybody hated it and said he needed to do something different. And then he did it with this album. Now they're mad. As far as more life goes, I feel like it's not a great cohesive album, but it's a lot of good tracks on it because I like most of the tracks on it. But if I try to listen to it straight through, it's not a cohesive album. You know what I mean? And then Scorpion, yeah. it was good. I don't have any issue with Scorpion. Um, Dark Lane demo tapes was good. It's just a lot of sleeper tracks, and it was like a mixtape type thing. So I was like, okay, this is fire. And then obviously I like this album, and CLB was great. Like, I wrote a whole review on CLB, and I was letting people know, like, okay, Drake created the lane that he's in. Just like Migos created the lane that they're in. They continue to make music in the lane that they created. You can't be upset with an artist for making music that they created, the like, the whole genre for. Like, what Drake does is what Drake's been doing, and you loved him for it. Don't be mad at him now. And then when you do tell him to do something different, and then he does something different, you can't be mad and be like, oh, I expected blah, blah, blah. When you got what you expected last year, literally nine months ago, you hated it. So what do you want as a consumer? You know what I mean? Yeah, and then especially with Drake, too, because of that, I feel like right now, given the thing that people, you know, people still hate this album that he just dropped, I feel like people will go back to CLB and they'll mm-hmm. realize exactly, like, word for word what you're saying mm-hmm. as far as when it comes to him you know, making the fucking music that he's always made. Like, it's right there in front of you. Y'all just, you know, going into these albums. Like, not even that. Like, even, like, Kendrick Lamar's album, which is a very good album, too. Mm-hmm. Um, Like, you can't, like... This is kind of, like, why I always say, like, expectations ruin things. Yeah. Because I've known... We've known each other, like, online for, what, like, a coup, what, three, four years, and we've always been kind of, like, social, like, musically inclined. And we kind of, like, we've been in the know when it comes to, like, watching people go into a certain album, expecting a certain sound, expecting a certain image, expecting a certain message from, like, so-and-so, and they just end up being let down because of set expectations. And I'm just kind of, like, like, tough shit, you know, you... Like, you brought that shit on yourself because you put those expectations for that album. Mm-hmm. You lit, You can't go into an album that isn't a, a hip-hop album and be like, this is going to be a hip-hop album, and then be mad. Like, it's one thing if you go in and then you realize later, like, the next day, it's like, okay, let me re-listen and, like, take the hip-hop glasses off and look at it as what it's supposed to be. But if you keep looking at Drake, is that you know is not just a hip-hop artist. Like, he is a hip-hop artist, but that's not all he does. You can't look at him and be like, everything you make is hip-hop. You're looking at him like the Grammys look at black people. Everything we make is hip-hop, and that's not the case. So... Yeah, it's like you're kind of like, it's kind of like a little smoke and mirror effect, too, because mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, these artists make more, like, you can't really box these artists. That's kind of like why now, as far as when I describe music, I'm just kind of like, oh, yeah, like it's a dope little record. Like, I just kind of like generalize now. I'm at that point where, like, because I mean, everybody's just doing anything, and you know, that's perfectly fine. That's okay for everybody to experiment. Like, no one has to stay in like their own lane. Like, even Drake, you know, like, you said to yourself, like, he st- even then, like, you could still stay in your own lane, but, like, people are going to fucking hate you for it because you're... Because mm-hmm. they'll complain, they'll bitch, and they'll moan saying, like, you know, oh, we didn't get, you know, we didn't get, we didn't even get dance hall, we didn't get, like, this on the album, and, like I said, you know, people will go into a record just expecting shit, I'm just like... Like, yeah. you do that shit to yourself. Like, that's on you. Yeah, I'm you enjoying this shit. You can't be mad. Not me, though. You can't be mad. People that just sit there and be mad at artists every day. 
or the same people who get mad at like be on Twitter and be mad at nothing every day. So I don't even take them serious. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, it's just like blatant ridiculous at this point. But yeah, as far as Drake, I mean, shout out to Drake. Shout out to this album. You know, mm-hmm. it's been it's doing its thing. I'm still grooving to it. Still taking some of these tracks in. Yeah. And I'm gonna stop this on my kickback in two weeks. Yeah. You do your thing. Well, bro, I know you got to go, so I'm going to let you go, handle business, and I'll talk to you again soon. Yes, sir. We got to do another part two to this podcast because next time we probably got to do, we got to talk a little bit more hip-hop albums. Oh, yeah, definitely. Good lucks. Much pleasures um, having me on the podcast. It's an honor. No we got to hit the collab again, but you have an amazing day, bro. Yep, you too. All right. Late. All right. Late. And that's Cisco, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to run a little intermission real quick, and I'll be right back with more topics. Why, oh, why, oh, why, oh, why you keep fucking with me? You gon' make me jump out my skin, believe me. crazy but Fuddruckers is now black owned 18.5 million dollars for all 92 restaurants nicholas perkins has purchased all of them um yeah in the united states canada panama and mexico that's all of them and he bought it through his affiliate black titan franchise systems llc and he told essence i always wanted to be a part of this 
iconic brand. I didn't realize one day I ended up owning it. So yeah, shout out to Mr. Perkins and go eat some Fuddruckers and enjoy that shit because it's black owned, boy. And also, Derek Chavine, that piece of shit cop, only got 21 years in prison. He should have got life. R. Kelly got 30 years in prison for what he did. Should have got life. And Miss Maxwell forgot her first name, but Epstein's homie got 20 years in prison. She should have got life. The list of people, they all need to get life. And the list hasn't got released to the public. On top of the fact that I'm like, ain't nobody been arrested. And if you're not releasing the list to the public, when they get arrested, we're going to fucking know who it is. So release the list and arrest all these people. But that's all I can say about it because we ain't got no damn list. We have a little blacklist thing, but I think that was fake and I don't I don't know. But some celebrities and a lot of politicians are going to go the fuck to jail if they decide to follow through on this. But she got 20 years. There's not a lot of other big news. Cardi B's single hot shit kind of flopped. I haven't heard it nowhere. Um, it's not that good to me. I'm like, uh, I don't know. Dochi's releasing a new single or released a new single tonight. I'll be covering it in the next episode because I don't want to give y'all a half ass. It just dropped 15 minutes ago or an hour ago, and then I'm giving you a full on review of it. So that is everything that I have for y'all today. I hope you enjoyed the little interview podcast talk. I had to record it early and then, you know, finish later, but hope y'all enjoy it. And yeah, a lot of content coming. That article, Five Years, is coming this week or this weekend. We're going to see. And then after that, I have Summer Vibes Volume 9 and 10 coming. And July is just going to keep it rolling. Anyone who got the newsletter, go ahead and send that forward that to anyone who you think enjoys hip hop. And let's get a community going and everyone will be updated and able to read everything that I put out. I love y'all. I appreciate y'all as listeners. Thank you for sticking with me through 110 episodes. And as always, black people, stay together. shit they see the look on my face i ain't even trying to fuck i'm just trying to get my money straight it's all about who you know what you make putting food on the plate live to hoe another day you rather make a lot of moves state to state can't do boyfriends nah cause you hate today looking for a nigga who ain't lame in this bitch came in this bitch spin game like i'm rich need a solid girl never change never switch billionaire that's the language hey, i kick hey i'm ballin', trying to get that lot of rich going hard i can never See do it moderate when i pull up to the addy bet it's going up full-time prime king i don't need a tux yeah i'm hugging all the women and i pose for a pic pose for a pic lot of hoes in this bitch hugging all the women and i pose for a pic pose for a pic lot of hoes yeah to the shooters with the pose in this bitch More PME than GK for hoes, I admit More game than a glitch On my sack like a bitch Fuck with me, switch teams They ain't coaching like this Can't afford the life, bitch, the quote don't exist I'm drunk, trying to figure out which hoe I'ma hit Act the ass when it come in the bag I cold switch, got a baddie shaking ass As long as the cold lit down All the hoes wanna go to hookah bars now So I went and bought a hookah, a hookah 
call a group up, a whole batch of new ones On the campus to scoop up a school bus My business is booming, I grew up Pond entry, they noticed I grew up I hit the side and I flew up I'm on demon, we pregame too much I'm ballin', tryna get that lotto rich Going hard, I can never do it moderate When I pull up to the Addy, bet it's going up Full-time prime king, I don't need a tux Yeah, I'm hugging all the women and I pose for a pic Pose for a pic, lot of hoes in this bitch Hugging all the women and I pose for a pic Pose for a pic, lot of hoes in this bitch Sound in the trunk, more money I want Pounds of the stone, Andretti and Russ I parked out front by mistake, I caught stunts They was watching me roll up, seen I was froze up She ain't coming with nobody, that's what she told us Hold up, bro, don't get yourself tore up Collect yourself before you step to us Realize no conflict is what's best for you Fresh out the car, I only do OG stuff She know that, and that's why she chose that 7 p.m., we dipping in a 6-4 rag Tap the switch, the Chevy and the bitch shaking ass Tap the switch, the Chevy and the bitch burning gas Both of them bad when the camera Flash, there's some holes in this bitch. You ain't lie about that. East side, anywhere where you can find hey, me at. Hey, I'm ballin', tryna get that lotto rich. Going hard, I can never do it moderate. When I pull up to the Addy, bet it's going up. Full time prime king, I don't need a tux. Yeah, I'm hugging all the women and I pose for a pic. Pose for a pic, lot of hoes in this bitch. Hugging all the women and I pose for a pic. Pose for a pic, lot of hoes in this bitch.